Welcome to Next Half, Best Half, a podcast from Northeast Ohio Boomer Magazine. My name's Marie Elium. I'm editor of Northeast Ohio Boomer Magazine, and Next Half, Best Half is sponsored by Greater Cleveland Volunteers, celebrating 50 years of connecting people to volunteer opportunities. We'll start our podcast after a brief message from our sponsor. Did you know about the benefits you receive when you volunteer? Besides meeting others, doing good in your community, and being productive, there are many health benefits from consistent activity. Reach out to Greater Cleveland Volunteers to learn what's available for you. Call 216-391-9500, extension 2116, and learn more at greaterclevelandvolunteers.org. I want to welcome my guest, Beth Bennett, Chief Program Officer of The Gathering Place, an organization that supports, educates, and empowers people and their families currently coping with cancer. With facilities in Beechwood and Westlake, The Gathering Place provides a wide range of programs and services, all free to hundreds of Northeast Ohio residents each year. Four out of 10 people will be diagnosed with cancer at some point in their lives. And if it's not you, then it's probably someone you know and love. Welcome, Beth. Thank you, Marie. And thank you so much for this opportunity today to talk to you about The Gathering Place. Well, you know, thanks for being here. I'm not sure people really know what the gathering place is. I'm I'm positive they don't have any idea uh, about the range of of free services you offer to uh, people with cancer and their families. So, do you want to give me a synopsis, and then we'll dive a little deeper into some of the the specifics of the programs? Sure, you sure happy to do so. So, um, just to kind of, I always like to step back because I always think our mission really says it all. Um, we are a community based nonprofit uh, cancer support center, and we provide programs and services that address the emotional, physical, social, and spiritual side of cancer to individuals and their families, for anyone currently coping with the impact of cancer. So I'm glad you mentioned the free part because that is also in our mission. All of our programs and services are free of charge. So while we don't treat cancer, it's the medical side of it, we really kind of look at the whole body and not just the person with cancer, but the caregiver and family members in terms of kind of that holistic cancer support. Well, you know, I've never been to the... um your building on um, in Westlake, but I've been to Beechwood several times and it's extraordinary. I mean, you've got that lovely garden, a patio, uh, meeting rooms. I mean, it's a, a beautiful sunlit place with, yeah. um, and I can't imagine, I mean, will you tell me some of the programs you run out of there or let me know about, let, let us, let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So um, it's interesting. And thanks for talking about our physical space. I do think that when people come into the gathering place, one of the things that they say is, oh, it's so calm. It's beautiful in here. And Marie, if you think about the language we use around cancer, you know, people are battling cancer, they're fighting cancer. 
those words that put people in what I call that fight or flight response, right? You're right. out there. And so when you walk through our doors, um, one of the things we like to make sure is that people feel a calm sense. And because that's really where healing can take place when somebody is allowed to not be on their, their guard and have to have their armor up, they can kind of let that down and look at what do I need emotionally? What do I need to help myself for where I'm at right now with my cancer um, mm-hmm. experience? So we help people from time of diagnosis through treatment and survivorship and, and even through end of life with our grief support. Um, we have over 20 different uh, cancer support groups. It could be anything from um, adults with cancer. They meet weekly. We have caregiver support. We offer a wide range of cancer-specific support groups. Uh, we have grief support. And then we have programs and services for kids and teens who have a parent with cancer Wow! or uh, for kids themselves who have cancer. And we really work a lot with their siblings and family members when it, when a child or teen is dealing with cancer. Yeah. Um, that would be have, important. Sure. Sure. With mm-hmm. the siblings too. Mm-hmm. And so that's just, you know, we do a lot around psychosocial support. Uh, just a little side note on that. Our, we were founded by a social worker who worked in palliative care who lost both of her parents to cancer in a relatively short period of time. This hmm. was probably 25 years ago. And she felt at the time that Cleveland really didn't have a place where people could go where they were dealing with cancer. Um, we are, we're not a hospice center, but where could you know, people find support when they were living with cancer. And so that was her vision is to be able to provide free programs. So in addition to that, those wonderful, robust um, support groups, we have a wide range of exercise programs, gentle movement like yoga and Tai Chi. We have what's called healing arts, which is your uh, reflexology and Reiki and massage. We have art therapy, and we have a wide range of nutrition classes, and then educational programs. Well, do all these take place in your buildings or are some of them offered virtually? Or do you go to people's, like, do you, or do you go out also into the community and do yeah, some of these programs? Good question. So pre-COVID, it was all in person in our Beachwood and Westlake location. So as you know, the world changed in the last few years between the pandemic and just raising more awareness towards health disparities. So with in terms of the programming, we do offer a wide range of virtual offerings now. That really nice. suited people, especially during the pandemic. Um, but we will continue to do that. We bring people back in the building, but we also have a virtual option for all of our programs. Wow, nice. And Yeah, and then we also recognize, as beautiful as our settings are, they're in the suburbs. And we there's in our backyard, there are a large number of folks dealing with cancer in the greater Cleveland area, particularly in Cleveland, who are not able to get the support. And so in the last couple of years, we have begun to really explore uh, providing services and programs to underserved um, populations in the Cleveland area. So that's something that we've really expanded on, I'd say, in the last couple of years and lots of work ahead in that area as well. So combination of at our Beachwood Westlake in Cleveland, we actually have two of our 
counselors that work at Metro Cancer Center every week providing support to their cancer patients at their outpatient clinic. Well, one of the when I had a tour there of the Beachwood um, facilities, I was really surprised to find that you had a medical librarian on your mm-hmm. staff. And tell me what she does. Yeah, what's Eileen Cohn is our medical librarian, and she has been with the Gathering Place since we opened our doors uh, 23 years ago. So she, you know, medical librarian, just it, it's that's just one of the many things she does. Uh, but what What's nice about that is with Eileen's medical background, she also has a degree in psychology. So she, uh, what's nice is this is an entry point for many of our participants. They get a cancer diagnosis. They have a lot of questions for their healthcare team. They, um, you know, sometimes they aren't always, you know, they have a hard time getting prepared for doctor visits because they go so quickly. She really helps sort through all the medical jargon on somebody's pathology reports, lab reports, cancer treatment plans. She's not giving medical advice, but what she does is she helps explain what that uh, what the terminology and then in turn helps people formulate questions to take to their healthcare team. And she also can help them find clinical trials as well. So oh, it's a, that's wow. a Yeah. So what's really nice is that's a really good entry point for many people. They want information. They get a diagnosis. They want information. And so Eileen sees a large number of our participants. Well, you know, it seems in recent years, you know, with um, people becoming more comfortable and hospital systems uh, relying on my chart and other online, you know, records that I can get. I mean, I can get my medical records almost before a doctor gets them. Mm -hmm. And I look at these lab reports and I'm, you know, going, I'm Googling terms and things like that. And that's for, you know, something simple. So with a cancer diagnosis, I, I can only imagine how helpful it would be to have someone like her Mm -hmm. look at this and interpret it because, you know, doctors aren't always the best at explaining things. I mean, they treat you, but they don't necessarily explain what they're doing. And healthcare is very, it's, as you know, it's, it's a busy place. You go into the hospitals or your appointments and there's just a finite number of minutes to cover a lot of uh, medical items. And so being able to prioritize those items, being able to get your questions on paper. You know, you mentioned, uh, I was call it Dr. Google. <laughs> yeah, we, right. we do that. You can't help it. Right. Oh, yeah, of you, course. you get, of course. You, you, everybody's going to do that. So Eileen, you know, is also really helpful in giving people really reliable resources. If you're, because a, a lot of our participants are very savvy and tech savvy. And so she'll help them kind of weed through what are legitimate resources, what are not such good resources for um, cancer education. Great. I'm going to take a a short break uh, to hear from our sponsor, Greater Cleveland Volunteers, and then we'll be right back. Did you know there are many benefits from volunteering? Not only are you a productive member of society in your community by providing much-needed tasks for a nonprofit agency to carry out their mission, but you also benefit as well. Studies show that consistent movement and interactions produce positive brain, heart, and joint results, 
Plus, let's be honest, it's fun to volunteer and support a group or cause that's important not only to the community, but also to you personally. Lots of things have health benefits, not many are also fun. Not sure what to do? Reach out to Greater Cleveland Volunteers, celebrating 50 years of connecting people to volunteer opportunities. Give us a call at 216-391-9500, extension 2116, or go to our website, greatercleavenvolunteers.org. So we were talking about the medical librarian, and you have a lot of classes, support groups. Um, Your facilities are beautiful. I mean, there's a lot of artwork and sunlight, and it just is a nice, it is, it's a very calming place. What, what, What do you think, let's talk about cancer in general and the people not really, I, I'm thinking about the people, you know, family members and friends of people with cancer. What what do they not get about helping their friends or supporting them? What what's what what's a, a really good message that is missing from mm-hmm. from this circle here? Yeah, so that's a great question, and you know, oftentimes somebody gets a cancer diagnosis and. A friend may say, oh, you know, just call me if you need anything. Um, Yeah, right. You know, just, you know, we have a class where we say what not to say when someone has cancer. And that's that's a big one. You know, call me if you need something versus saying, you know, hey, I'm um, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm picking I'd like to pick you up A, B and C or um, I'm making this. Is it okay to drop? it off or just, you know, just making it so it's easy for the person to not have to reach out and say, you know, Hey, could you do this for me? Right. Um, right. Also, that's, the that's, other thing, important. Yeah. that's really important. I mean, I, when my sister, not to bring it back to me, to me, but when my sister-in-law had, she had pancreatic cancer and she said she found it so burdensome when people mm-hmm. said that to her, she said, look, I've got enough to deal with without helping you figure out how to help me. Just right. come up with something, throw it exactly. out there and I'll say yes or no. <laughs> exactly. So true. Or the other time, sometimes people will say they just don't know what to say when someone has cancer and they'll say the person may share a little bit about their cancer and they may say something like, well, you know, it's going to be fine. It's going to be just fine. And, Ugh. you know, got to keep a positive attitude. And, yeah. and those are the things that you don't want to say to someone with cancer. And we're really clear about that here. It's okay to be sad and mad and it's okay to have tears. It's okay to just let those honest emotions come through. And a really good friend to a friend who has cancer will be more comfortable sharing that as well. And that's something important. Right. I, I, um, I actually had cancer 10, 12 years ago. And I remember thinking it's, it sounded so stupid when people say, you know, you'll, you'll beat this, you'll, you know, this will be great, you know, and they were kind of putting that burden again on me, you know, to, to somehow, you know, have a, if I have a positive attitude, you know, this will go great. And I'm thinking, I don't know, so far it really hadn't gone great. (laughs) You know, every, every, every lab test, every result was always worse and worse and worse. And I thought, you know, don't tell me that because I know other, I know otherwise. Exactly. Exactly. So true, Marie. And um, that, those are things that 
uh, we, we help caregivers and family members and friends who call or a friend will call us and say, I want you to get my friend or my a family member on call say, we want you to get my spouse in this group and he or she needs to do A, B and C. And uh, we, you know, we're really, those are, we appreciate their intentions, but really it's about what can we do for that person who called because it's, you know, you can't make people do something they're not ready to do. Right, right. You know, I thought it was interesting, you know, a cancer diagnosis is just so, it's so messy and Mm -hmm. inconvenient and it doesn't fit the image you have of yourself. And I really understand, or, or maybe you can help tell people, it doesn't help me to tell people, but, um, the value of these, um, non-medical support services that you have and how that facilitates, um, healing or recovery, or at least dealing with a devastating diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what's, um, and I hear our participants say this, and I still hear them say this, you know, hearing the word cancer, can oftentimes bring people right to that place of end of life. I've got a cancer diagnosis and I'm going to die. Yes. And and while we've made some amazing strides in cancer care and people are living a lot longer with cancer um, and living well um, as well, but um, I think that's, you know, what's really important with these non-medical support services is allowing that human being who's been diagnosed with cancer the space to explore all of their feelings around their cancer diagnosis, starting with, you know, the denial of it, the anger of it, um, the changes. You think about what a, you know, somebody says, oh, you should feel good. You got, you know, they got all your cancer and you're done with treatment and you should be back to normal now. You've been done. Well, guess what? That cancer treatment left me with no feelings in my hands and feet. Um, I've, you know, my body image is greatly altered. My um, ability to work, my cognition is changed. I mean, I'm left, sometimes people are left with long-term side effects. Sure. Um, And so I think our services allow people that opportunity to not just get the emotional support and the tools for coping with life after cancer, during and after cancer, but also the physical support. Our our cooking classes that help people who are dealing with, you know, long-term side effects of treatment that it that impact their nutrition or exercise classes that help people to stay, you know, become more physically active and keep active uh, during and after a cancer. So it's kind of that whole body approach, that holistic approach to cancer support that honestly doesn't get reimbursed by insurance, right? It's right, usually, right. People usually have to pay for all of that. So the beauty of the gathering place is we can just provide all of that for free at no cost to that uh, person with cancer or their caregivers. Wow. I That's just terrific. Um, what uh, Do you offer anything that you think is kind of unusual for a an organization such as yours, like something that you really don't hear about in other places that you want to bring attention to or um Yeah. Yeah, thanks. That's a thanks for this opportunity of you know, when we think of cancer, we're really and we think of wonderful cancer centers, including in our backyard, you know, the 
Case Comprehensive Cancer Center. We've got three big, fantastic cancer centers right in our backyard here in Cleveland. Um, And we think about the person with cancer. We think about cancer treatment. But we oftentimes forget about the caregiver or we forget about the family members, the kids, the teens that are dealing with a loved one with cancer. And so I think the uniqueness of the gathering place is we really work with the whole family to help um, provide that emotional and physical support for anyone coping with cancer in that family. So I think that's unique. You don't often see that. um, You certainly don't see that in cancer centers, you know, because there isn't the time or the space to address the whole unit, family unit. Sure. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, if people want to learn more about the gathering place, um, what what is your website? They should just go to the website and see what's there or call or what's the best thing to yeah. do? A couple things. Um, you can certainly go to our website, which is um, touchbycancer.org. But what I encourage people to do is call us directly. You can call the gathering place. You can call the main number, which is area code 216-595-9546 and ask to speak to a participant navigator. And what that navigator will do is they will help the person calling kind of figure out what it is they're looking for and who, how to connect them as quickly as possible to the right support inside the gathering place. So okay. you certainly can go to the website, but I always encourage people to, if they feel like it, to pick up the phone to make a call or you can stop by Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. We are open for drop-ins at both our Beachwood and our Westlake location. And you don't need an appointment. You can just come right through the doors and ask to speak to anyone. Um, we have somebody who works at the front desk, and they can help get them connected to the support that they're looking for. Okay, that's good to know. That's really good to know. And for the hours, they can go on the website and check the mm-hmm. hours and make sure yep. that that works Nine- great. Yep, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. We are open on one Saturday a month, east and west. Um, it's the second Saturday of the month in Westlake. and the I'm sorry, the second Saturday of the month in Beachwood and the third Saturday of the month in Westlake. Great, great. All right, and this is wonderful information. And I really hope um, our listeners take advantage or at least look into all of the programs and support that the gathering place offers to people dealing with a cancer diagnosis and their families, because it's a a terrific group and um, it's a really valuable service. Uh, And before we, before we leave, I know it's a pretty serious topic, but so this is like the unserious part. Thank you. Thank you though for, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about the gathering because there is so much that we offer and, um, um, you know, it can be overwhelming and that's not what we want it to be for anyone uh, dealing with a cancer diagnosis. Yeah. You make it, you'll make it easy. Mm -hmm. You'll hold their hand and get them where they need to be. So that's really good. All right. So my questions, I've got three questions for every guest. What are you reading? Are you reading anything good? Because I like to read and I'm always looking for something new to read. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, well, daily I read something called um, Letters to an American. It's, it's, it's Heather Cox Richardson. She's an historian who um, talks about what's happening in the political landscape, and she gives a historical perspective. Um, you know how they say history 
repeats itself. She says, history, history never repeats itself. It rhymes. So, and what's good about that is she talks about what's happening in our world today, but she goes all the way back in history and kind of puts a historical context. I, that's my daily, but I just started a book and I'm always a little behind everybody else. So, you know, everyone's probably read this, but where the crawdads sing. Oh, do you like it? Oh, I just started it. I love it. I love it. So it's it's really good. good. Oh, that's wonderful. All right. What are you watching? So again, you know, not a big TV watcher here, but I started watching Marvelous Miss Maisel. And she's so funny. Oh my God. So that's really just entertainment that is light and very witty. So anyhow, loving that. Good, good, good. And my other, my last question Mm -hmm. Uh is what would you tell your 20 year old self? What advice would you give to your 20 year old Mm. self? Okay. So 20 years, my 20 year old self, I would say, and I'm just out of college. I would say to my 20 year old self, go and work in another country. Um, Even if it's not in your field, but go and live somewhere else and work for a while in your twenties. And, um, that would be my advice if you can, you know, did you do that? No, I didn't. And I wish I did. I wish you would have done that. I I would have done that. I would have absolutely done that because, uh, looking back. And so I'm going to be doing that now later in my post-retirement work, um, living in another country. And, you know, it's it's different gener you know decades go by between yeah. your 20s and your <laughs> late 60s or 70s uh, working is is very different so my 20 well, year stuff go? i would have done what's that where are you going so i'm going to go to england and oh, nice. um, probably in that area to start possibly germany nice so, nice yeah so oh, that's a good yeah do it at this end of the of the yeah, work, do it of when your you're young life. and really to immerse yourself in a culture and work and just gives you a, a broader world perspective. Yeah, that's wonderful. Good advice. Well, I want to thank you so sure. much, um, Beth. And this is Beth Bennett, the Chief Program Officer of The Gathering Place. And if you want to learn more about The Gathering Place, uh, you can start at their website. Uh, and that's all we have to say for today. So thank you. Make your best half, your next half, your best half. Thank you. And bye. Thank you, Marie. Thanks for joining us. I want to thank our guest and I want to thank our sponsor, Greater Cleveland Volunteers, celebrating 50 years of connecting people to volunteer opportunities.